0: it's
1: time to get back to the matt wyatt show live in the studio all right here we go our number two of the show off and running with you on this tuesday here in the bureau the farm bureau insurance studio farm bureau go the home team they are your home team at farm bureau insurance your hometown heroes also, uh, staying connected to you because of CSpire, the number one network in Mississippi. CSpire customer inspired. All right, on this Tuesday, if you're just tuning in, we've uh, kind of recapped baseball from the weekend. I was off the air yesterday for President's Day, and I'm back with you today. So today sort of feels like uh, a Monday. So we've sort of gone through the, the the recap, the reaction Monday, but we've done it on a Tuesday. Uh, to update you, the Ole Miss baseball game, which was scheduled for this afternoon, they have moved it to tomorrow at 1 p.m. Weather forcing that game to be moved. State moved its game up. They're playing right now. They threw out first pitch at Duty Noble Field today at 11 a.m. against Arkansas Pine Bluff. You're headed right down to the bottom of the 6th. State leading by 12, they're up 13 to one. They've used a slew of different pitchers. Um, the midweek, this is not just throwaway stuff because it's a state program. Where they got to replace some people and figure out who is what and these midweek games play a big part in that. And I mean, I, I tell you it's very early and a lot of the practice and a lot of the other stuff plays a big role, but Tanner Leggett is making a strong case to put him on the field somehow some way. Course, a clutch single that he had last year against Virginia. I mean, against Texas in the College World Series. But, you know, he hits a home run on the Sunday game. Today, he gets inserted at shortstop for Lane Forsyth, hits another home run, came back a minute ago, had a fantastic defensive play deep in the the six hole over there behind the third baseman. You know, he, he didn't barehand it, but he almost had to and then had to get it out of. Immediately a long throw across the diamond off one foot airborne, able to get it there and get the runner. He's making a really strong case to play him. So uh, you got that going on as well. As I said, also, uh, not streaming online today via video. we got the audio streaming. And if you want to call, that'd be great. If you were on the phone in hour one, hanging on, had to bounce when the break hit, call me back. The way to call me is on the Divini phone, Divini Equipment. Madison and in Jackson. It's 995, uh, let me start over. It's 995-1059. 601 number, 995-1059. You can also text me on the country, please, and text line. It is 885-ESPN or 885-3776. But again, just text away there. It's 601 601-885-ESPN. That is the country-pleasing text line. Country-pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the southeast. I get mine. I buy it at Walmart a lot of times. You know, I've actually found, that, like here in my hometown of Tupelo, the Kroger, the grocery store here, has, and we've got a new grocery store here, Brooks, and they both carry my favorite flavors. The original smoked sausage flavor, the jalapeno and cheddar, uh, and a couple of other variations. At Walmart here in Tupelo, both of the locations, they sell a slew of different flavors that I also love that I don't get everywhere else. The um, black pepper and cheddar, the three cheese flavor, which I love. The uh, The Cajun, the andouille, which is great to cook with. <clears throat> so, yeah, you got a lot of stuff. Uh, State just got another home run. Uh, you got Davis Mesh. Backup infielder, left handed hitter. He led off the inning here in the bottom of the sixth with a solo home run to right field. So, states, um, you know, playing a team in Arkansas Pine Bluff that they really overmatch, obviously, and are sort of exercising some of their offensive demons from the weekend. <laughs> now, and the, the latest is Davis Mesh there. Uh, it's just left the yard. So now they're up 14 to 1. And as I told you, there is a 10 run rule in this game after seven. So they're batting here in the bottom of the sixth. They're up by thirteen. It means all they'll have to do is come back in the top of the seventh inning and get three outs without giving up a bunch of runs, and they'll end the ball game and move on to the next one. And and it's not you know it's just Tuesday, so we'll have plenty of chance the rest of the week to sort of you know look ahead. <clears throat> uh, so we'll do that. All right, I want to. Pass something along to you. I'm gonna pass a story along to you. It is similar to some other stories that you've heard about. It is right in line with some other conversations we've had and you've heard on this show. And uh, it's sort of uh, a another, uh, I guess you could say, rehashing of this subject. You're gonna see more and more of this stuff, okay? And. I very purposefully am going to just read you some of the details and some of the quotes that are in this story on the heels of ending the first hour just a few minutes ago with the news that Matt Luke, longtime coach, former head coach at Ole Miss, is stepping down from his role at Georgia. In his statement, he said he wanted to spend more time with family. And as I told you, he's just one of several I've seen do that. Some experienced, some less experienced guys that just – are starting to get a real distaste. I think it's my opinion. I could be wrong, but I have this opinion. I think you've got a lot of coaches in college football that are getting a real distaste for recruiting in the name, image, and likeness era and have just said, no, that's it, huh? I don't have to do this. All right, so here's the story. The headline says, While the NCAA, might want to enforce certain name, image, and likeness rules. Can it legally do so? This is a story. That's the headline. NSA wants to enforce name, image, and likeness stuff, but can it legally do so? This is at ON3. The tweet that they sent out to promote that particular story, It uh, their wording was, The NCAA wants to look into whether some name, image, and likeness activity may be violating rules related to booster involvement. But can the NCAA legally enforce its rules? And if you just want to dive into the minutia of a story like that, well, then it comes down to what is the rule? Is there some sort of legal thing? If you want to do a legal brief on it or get your lawyer friend involved, go ahead. But I'm looking at something else. Okay, I I, I will be honest with you, I'm not going to try to hide this as I go through the details of the story. And I effectively tweeted this um, a little bit ago. There seems to be a lot of concern lately, just here lately, regarding booster involvement in recruiting and the name, image, and likeness stuff. So all of a sudden, there's a lot of concern about it, booster involvement. And I can't help but notice that it coincides, this increased level of concern there seems to be for booster involvement. It coincides with it's now any fan base can throw money around without fear of consequences. You you know, as opposed to there's a select few schools there are their boosters can throw money around without consequences and we've known that for years. But hey, buddy, you, you better not do it. We'll make an example of you. You low-hanging fruit. You'll be the example we use to scare the you-know-what out of others who think about doing this. But those over there, we're not touching them. Can't touch them. Won't touch them. Hmm. Now that sounds very conspiracy theory-ish. It's the best I could say that. But, and I understand that. I understand that. But look recently at North Carolina basketball, you know, LSU football, and a few others. Let me ask you something. What if that North Carolina basketball story a few years ago had actually been instead of about North Carolina, what if that had been about Wake Forest in the state of North Carolina? What if Appalachian State had done what the University of North Carolina did? Would the results of the quote-unquote investigation been the same? What if Mississippi State football and people surrounding its program had been at the, the one at the center of that story instead of LSU the last few years? Hmm? Would the results be the same as it stands right now? Or just a couple of examples. The point that I'm trying to make to you is I can't help but notice, and I haven't even gotten into yet reading all the details of the story, I can't help but notice. Okay? The NCAA, the people in the sport collectively with politicians and lawyers, have all, whether by choice or whether they think they've been forced to, in their own house, have opened all the doors and unlocked all the windows and cracked them a little bit. And now are freaking out because strangers may come in. Think about that. Name, image, and likeness. Ha ha ha! This this is a new era. Pay the players, NSA rules pfft, antiquated. Okay, fine. It is what it is. But my point is this: How are you gonna? How are you gonna sit there and open the doors of your house, remove the windows, and then be worried? And somehow stressed out and can't believe that you got a stranger that just walked in, that you've got bugs that came in, pests. Makes no sense. Stupid. It's a laughable scenario. What's well, effectively what you have right now going on in college sports, in that people want you to believe that among leaders there's a giant freakout going on. <gasps> we may have booster. Involvement that actually violates NCA rules going on in relation to name, image, and likeness. You're kidding. Surely not. You don't say it can't be. Yo, know, I'm telling you, like, the older I get, the less belief. I have that there are actually really smart people walking around anywhere. I mean. Let me give you a few things in here. In this story on on3.com. New age deals, dollar amounts that are more transparent with boosters and industry leaders saying that any donor-led name, image, and likeness collective worth its salt needs to pile up a war chest annually of between $5 million and $25 million to what? I'm reading it right here to lure elite prospects to campus. This is against the backdrop that the NCAA Board of Directors has asked the Division I Council. First of all, we have way too many boards and councils. Way too many meetings. You know what happens in most meetings, 99% of them? A monumental waste of time to review the impact of name, image, and likeness over concerns that some activity may be violating rules related to booster involvement. And it remains to be seen whether the NCAA can implement an enforcement mechanism that doesn't leave it vulnerable to legal challenges over limiting athlete compensation. In fact, an attorney in Kansas City named Mitt Winter said, This review, this name, image, and likeness review from the NCAA serves as a plea for federal intervention that may not even be around the corner. Now, if you're confused by that, I can understand. Here's the quote from him, just so you'll have it. The attorney said, I think the NCAA is hoping that this report, these final recommendations that are due in June, will push Congress to pass a name, image, and likeness bill sooner than is currently expected. The NCAA would probably like a federal bill to be passed in time for it to apply during the 2022-23 school year, and I don't think that's realistic. Here's another question for you. What if they do pass it? Then what? Now listen to this little ditty. The NCAA undoubtedly knew that boosters, who were as much a part of college sports as marching bands and bracket pools, would pinpoint loopholes in permissive name, image, and likeness bylaws. Preventing those loopholes was a focus of the name, image, and likeness bylaw drafting process that they engaged in. But the time spent addressing those loopholes went out the window in that court case, the Austin decision, the Supreme Court decision preventing the NCAA from implementing a name engine like the system where the association can review and keep tabs on deals, ensuring they are within market value. They had planned on doing that through a clearinghouse. So see, there's a governmental angle to this. The Supreme Court makes this Austin decision. This attorney said it is such a weapon for any party challenging future limits on college athlete compensation. Any new limits will be challenged, so the NCAA knows it needs limited antitrust immunity to put in any new name, image, and likeness limits. Okay, so what are you getting at? Here's what I'm getting at. All this stuff sort of is what it is, and you can can land on one side or the other. You can support the idea that the name, image, and likeness stuff is under NCAA jurisdiction that the NCAA ought to get some sort of antitrust immunity so that they can have name, image, and likeness limits to keep everybody sort of on an equal playing field, and it's not a wild, wild west in recruiting. You can land on that side. You can also land on the side of this is America, the law is the law, and if it doesn't suit the NCAA, too bad. Okay, Regardless of what side you land on on it, that's a different argument than what I'm kind of proposing to you right now. Here's what I'm proposing to you right now. I think it's possible that some people within the NCAA, that some leaders within college athletics are worried are troubled, to use their word, concerned about booster involvement that might actually break the NCAA rules. They're just worried about somebody else breaking the rules. And I'm not using a specific person or name to target here because I don't want to do that because there's not one person responsible for that stuff. But this is the fact. You know, the NCAA and their rules right now are as useful as a screen door on a submarine. They've been totally overtaken. The people and the decision makers inside and outside of the NCAA have all, in some shape, form, or fashion, allowed it to happen. They are responsible. You go, well, Matt, hold on. The NCAA itself didn't vote in these laws around these states. No. But high-profile lawyers and politicians who the NCAA deals with all the time, who 99% of them root for some team somewhere, they, they did get it voted in. All these this you know, decision-makers don't have to be on the payroll. The decision makers have made it happen and have voted it in. And I guess the point that I'm making here as I kind of wrap this up, I'm seeing more and more articles about concern with name, image, and likeness. After 18 months of these same media people, mushy-headed sports media people, lapping it up like warm milk in a bowl, can't talk positively enough, Can't they couldn't clap their hands enough. About athlete compensation, name, image, and, liken- and likeness deals, and how awesome it is. And now they're feeding me four articles a day about how everybody's concerned about booster involvement in name, image, and likeness. How dumb can y'all be? How airheaded can any single one of y'all be? The same people that we're supposed to believe that they have some kind of big platform because they got a blue check mark beside their name and they work for you know, something, something, sportsmedia.com that for 18 months would not dare write a negative word about name, image, and likeness because the the public opinion tidal wave was, oh, it's all good, it's going to be perfect, it's wonderful, it's about time. Wouldn't dare. And now all of a sudden we're concerned. All of a sudden, four articles a day, four links a day, concern, 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 booster involvement. You know Why? Here's why, and I'm going to wrap it up for you right now. It used to be that only certain programs could have booster involvement in recruiting, throwing money around, and get away with it. And now everybody can. Small school, big school, remote school, big metro school, it does not matter. Anybody can load the pockets of a recruit and a family and a handler and sway a kid and recruit it. They all can do it, and the NCAA can't do one thing about it. And now all of a sudden, there's concern. When for 40 years, there really wasn't a whole lot of concern about what? Booster involvement. Sure, we'll penalize two schools a year to put put the fear in everybody that we're actually out here enforcing stuff. The rest of you, business as usual. What a transparent joke these decision-makers are, collectively. It is a laughable mess. Stick around.
0: Hey, if you love football, so does he. It's the Matt Wyatt Show. Nobody breaks down quarterback play better than him. And he's right here, right now.
1: All right, back with you. Here we go. Rolling along with you here on this. What's today? Tuesday? Yep. It is. It is decidedly Tuesday. I believe that'll be your ball game. State just got the last out there in the top of the seventh inning. 17 to 1 will be the final. 17 to 1 there. Um, for state in their midweek, got that one under the belt. Now, let's see. Ole Miss will be up tomorrow. And they'll play tomorrow at 1 o'clock. They move theirs back a day. State moved theirs up a few hours. Everybody trying to avoid weather and uh, when and how it's coming through there. State's playing Arkansas Pine Bluff there. Um, State's just much, much better. You know, kind of across the board, really overmatching a, an opponent. Uh, they hit a couple home runs today. Leggett hit one. Mesh hit one. Those are guys who didn't start the game and came in and and managed to drive in some runs. Um Hunter Hines drove in a couple of runs, but he didn't he didn't have a hit, but he was able to put some balls in play and get credit for a couple of runs that he drove in. Do they have that right? Is that Hunter Hines? No, I'm wrong. He's got one run he drove in, not two. Um Leggett, two for three, three runs he drove in. Uh Skinner had a two RBI single. Same thing, a couple of RBIs for Forsyth. Um, Let's see, leading here is nobody had more than two, just a bunch of guys had two hits today. State, so 13, 17 runs on 13 hits. It tells you a lot about it Uh, right there. One double, two home runs as a team that walked nine times, only struck out four times. Left nine on base, scored 17 runs and leave nine on base. On the mound, Fristo started the game, got the win. Pitched four innings, faced six, uh, faced 15 batters, and struck out six. One run on four hits. One extra base hit, a couple of fly outs, three ground outs, threw 46 pitches, and 33 were strikes. They hit the strike zone. Uh, Walling, a first-year player, came in, pitched one inning. He went back out for a second, didn't record an out, and they made a pitching change. So he he, he gets three outs. He faced five batters and walked three. Kind of tells you how it went for Walling right there. He threw 16 pitches and threw four strikes, and that's been the knock on him. He throws really hard, left-handed, but he doesn't throw strikes, or hasn't been anyway. And then uh, Pico Cone from Verbena, Alabama, over there in Chilton County, Alabama, just south of Clanton where the Chilton County peaches come from. He finished it off through a couple of innings there. Faced seven batters, struck out three, gave up no runs on one hit. Threw twenty-eight pitches and twenty strikes, so two of the three that went out there for state today did uh, throw strikes, and they were able to to get the win. So there you go. Hey, uh, February the twenty-second. I noticed this earlier today. One of my former teammates at Mississippi State scheduling—I mean, uh, not scheduling, but celebrating a birthday today. Reggie Kelly. Yeah, from Aberdeen, Mississippi, a four-year starter at Mississippi State as a tight end from 95 to 98. And so he played in the fall of 98. Then uh, draft, the 99 draft, April of 99. The Falcons drafted Reggie in the third round as a tight end there. And he played uh, a good number of years for Atlanta and then... Wound up in Cincinnati, where he played the rest of his career, and the majority of his career, uh, in Cincinnati. Thirteen years, I think, all together in the NFL for Reggie. And since his playing days have ended, he's a very successful, uh, you know, in uh, the food industry business. He has a line of seasonings and barbecue sauces and cooking products called Kyvan, K-Y-V-A-N. Very successful. Um, Recently, he was named in Forbes magazine as one of these up-and-comers in the business world, and as good a player as he is, he is a fantastic person. I just think a lot of Reggie. Um, and today's his birthday, so y'all hit him up on Twitter. On Twitter, he's at Kelly 82 82 being the number that he wore in Cincinnati. Kelly 82 wish him a happy birthday. Born on this day in 77, he's 45 years old. Yep. And and tell you, he's one of those you stand up next to him and you think he could still play if he had to. Yeah, he could do it. <laughs> I think he could do it. Um, There's another famous birthday today in the sports world, uh, Dr. J. Bill, you remember Dr. J? Yes, sir. You know, when I think of Dr. J, I think of those ABA highlights when they had the tri-color basketball. You know, they used the ball that was red, white, and blue uh, in the old – ABA.
0: Yeah, I remember that well.
1: Yeah. Julius Irving, Dr. J. He was born on this day in 1950. Um, other ones you may recognize. Let's see. Yeah, Born on this day in 63, Vijay Singh. Won the Masters in 2000. Won a PGA Championship in 98 and 04. And here's another one for you. All right, Born on this day in 64, Tommy Agee. Now, some of y'all may not know who Tommy Agee is, but I'll tell you. He was from uh, my mother's hometown, the town where my mother grew up and where my granddad was the mayor, Maplesville, Alabama. To reference that for you, you got a current linebacker at Mississippi State, Nathaniel Watson. He's from Maplesville. Small school, small place there in Chilton County, Alabama. Tommy Agee was from Maplesville, and he was the fullback, sort of the blocker, for auburn in front of bo jackson he was bo jackson's backfield mate uh those years at auburn and he went to the nfl and played several years they list him here as a former cowboys running back but he played for like arizona and two or three other teams also uh, but today's tommy ag's birthday i've always wondered what happened to tommy ag i don't know where he is i would i'd like to know it's curious you know you've you feel some connection with those guys when you're young. You kind of want to follow them, you know, make sure they're okay. <laughs> uh, those kinds of things. But there's a few, uh, there you go, a few Sports World birthdays for you today on February the 22nd. Um, have you gotten a recent update on the Major League Baseball stuff? You know, look, um, especially in this neck of the woods with – College baseball now having started, there's there's just not as much demand, it seems like, for constant Major League Baseball lockout update stuff. Uh, certain other places that are big Major League cities are going to be a little different. St. Louis and places like that. Atlanta coming off a World Series championship. But th- it's not – so that's why, you know, I'm not in here spending an hour with you every day covering this and doing a lot of interviews about it. You can get that in other places. But I think every now and then I give you an update because I need it as much as you do. Here's a quick one. Um, On Monday, yesterday, in Jupiter, Florida, you had representatives of Major League Baseball and the Players Association that had a face-to-face meeting. Listen to the way it was described. Five hours in the boardroom on Monday, sometimes together, sometimes in their own caucuses didn't equate to major progress between MLB and MLB Players Association as the sides remain far apart on a new collective bargaining agreement. Now here's one honest question. Okay, it's an honest question. I know I want them to get together and play. My honest question is, is there some scenario where this lockout holdout and it going down to the wire or even going and, and cutting off the start of spring training. So does it, can it, does it fall into the category of any publicity is good publicity? Seriously? Does it pull people in? Does it make, when they do get going, does it pull a few more people in because they have had this controversy or does it serve an opposite effect? Does it turn people off and run them away? I would really, I, I don't know the answer, not even really sure I have a strong opinion one way or the other, but I certainly feel like it's probably one or the other. There's probably no middle ground on that. In the offices overlooking the Springfield, where the St. Louis Cardinals and Miami Marlins train leadership from both sides began what is an important week of negotiations in order to preserve opening day on March 31st. So you're over a month away. But here's the key. Already the start of spring training has been delayed with games postponed until at least March the 5th as the owners continue to impose a lockout. Now, I want to be careful about going over details of what they're proposing because that really will put you to sleep. Eh, That's the last thing I want to do as you listen to the show is put you to sleep, but um, the league is compromising as of yesterday on its pre-arbitration pool, up to 20 million. Yeah, some you know what that means, some don't. That's up five million from the previous thing that they did. They yesterday withdrew a request of the union to control or reduce the number of minor league paying jobs. Okay, so they they're pulling that part of it out, saying, okay, all right, we won't cut the jobs. All right, fine. But they're still not where they need to be. All that to say, they met yesterday face-to-face at times, and everybody that came out of it said uh, we're still very far apart. Delaying the start of spring training. Still looking at March 31st for the start of the season. Today's February 22nd. That happened on the 21st. Today's the 22nd. If they, in another 10 days, if they can figure something out, they'll hit March 31st, I think, regardless of what anybody says. But if they haven't figured it out in the next 10 days, you can bet the season will be delayed. It will not start on time for whatever that's worth. All right, I'm Matt. Y'all stick around.
0: With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. The guy who, if he's not talking sports, he, he's fishing for bass, okay? But he's right here, right now.
1: Back with you. Here we go. Let's jump over to the phone line. The Davinny Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment, Madison Hi. and in Jackson. Lynn on line one. Well, hey, Lynn, what's up? How about it, Matt? Matt,
0: yeah. I'm, a, I'm a disappointed bulldog this weekend, and here's why. I've uh, been hacked to death on all my phones, and I'm changing phones and services and all that. And I couldn't hardly stream the games through DirecTV and the ESPN app and all that. And I I foresee trouble coming for me. Is there a radio broadcast that I can catch when I'm out
1: on the road to to listen to this stuff if I can't get it to tune in? What can you tell me to help? Okay. Anything at all. All right. And again, I can't speak from experience on some of this. Uh, Lynn... But, again, depending on where you are, um, if you're in the state of Mississippi, I mean, you can scan around and find stations, and there are there are a list of Hale State radio affiliates at HaleState.com that you can pull up and see what it feels when you're in Mississippi. When you're out of Mississippi, as far as a radio broadcast, I know once they get into conference play, those games are carried on satellite also. When you're like out of state and in other parts of the country, other parts of the world, and so if you yeah, had like Sirius real. XM, yeah, uh-huh. they do. They okay. c- they carry them, and um, I may be wrong, but I think it might be as simple as you know Googling that to see what station it's I'll on. baseball, yeah, it, it might be. Now I will tell you also, you know, it, you're kind. Of get you're saying that it's phone trouble. But once you get that figured out.
0: Yeah, it was buffering, buffering, buffering. I never had that problem last year.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and it seems like I heard a few other people. It might I don't know. It might not have been a phone issue. It might have just been a stream issue. But I will tell you, like <laughs> that, um, would help, that would help my feelings, actually. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, Bill, real quick, so yes, so like today's game when it's on the sister station one oh six point three, mm-hmm. does it stream online?
0: Yeah, WJQSTheFan.com, or you okay. can go to the iHeartRadio app or you can go to uh, radio.com. What is it radio.com iHeart. Uh, it's just WJQS.
1: Okay. W-J-Q-S? On, on
0: yeah, WJQS The Fan. But we also have our own app that's when you go to WJQSTheFan.com, dot you just click on listen live. It brings up our website and you yeah. click on it there, listen live. And I've done that, I was just doing it on my I listened to it on my phone just few, this whole
1: game just a few minutes ago. WJQS, and then W, and see, okay, so it can, it could potentially be confusing, but Lynn, kind of what he's saying is, you can, a lot of the baseball games, especially until football is over, you get, I'm sorry, until basketball is over, you get Mm into conference play, uh, a lot of the baseball games are on 106.3 WJQS. And then after that, right, Bill, many of them are carried on this station. Well, we'll the, on
0: on RKS we carry them after they get it. Like last year, we didn't carry any on this station until the championship.
1: Okay, so they get to when the they end? got in the playoffs. Okay, yeah. so it's a little later in the year. Yeah, later okay. in the year.
0: Okay. Now, this past Sunday, you know, we didn't have the baseball game at all because women's basketball played at one thirty. Right. So, well, and Lynn, uh, he may not be able to get that.
1: You know, I guess to to sum it up, um, yeah. In in terms of getting the radio broadcast outside of um, you know streaming the video right. there there are ways to you can either you know look up like we we're saying look up the, that radio station wjqs 106.3, 106.3. yeah and yep. you can stream okay. it there
0: I Tune will in
1: radio both of them, yeah. yeah I will tell you there's also an app available from Learfield that's yep. the company called the varsity app. And if you had Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I've used it before and it generally has worked well for me. Um and you can even set it. I, I even have it set where it alerts me when the broadcast starts. And uh that always like so they'll start pregame 30 minutes before first pitch and then my phone will beep at me and I look down and it says, the baseball broadcast in Mississippi State is just starting. You know, and, and so if I want to listen to it, I'll click it. So if you were to get that app, that might be another way for you to tune into radio stuff. All right, and that's the Varsity app yep. from Learfield. Uh huh, the Varsity right. app from Learfield, and oh, that, and you will get Jim well, Ellis I'm and Ron Polk on there. Yeah, you get you get the actual. I've already been
0: playing You've helped me out to Great deal, Matt, and I appreciate it because I yeah. man, I was I was upset this week. <laughs> I was Like man, I never, played. I can't even, I can't find it to listen. I can't hear it. I can't see it. Yeah, I think yeah. part
1: of the last game. So yeah, I was a little tickled about that, but. Yeah. I do appreciate it, Matt. Yeah, man. Listen to you, brother. Okay. Good work. Thank you, Lynn. Appreciate it. And good luck finding all that. Yeah, I can think of about eight ways you can get yeah. the games right now. You know, and as long as your phone's working.
0: Yeah, as long as your phone or your computer, or if you're sitting at your computer at home, mm-hmm. put it on there.
1: <clears throat> That's right. Yeah. Um, okay, so as far as results for baseball this weekend, here's how the SEC looked. Um, In the West, in the SEC West, State was the only West team that did not win its series uh, this weekend. Um, and so, really, of all the West teams, y- you kind of feel like Auburn probably accomplished the most because they they took two out of the three games they played against a pretty high-level competition out there at that event in Houston, Texas. Auburn went 2 and one they lost the opener to Oklahoma three to nothing, and then they beat Texas Tech two to one, and then they beat Kansas State twelve to one. Uh, so it's a pretty good weekend out there against some Big Twelve teams for Auburn.
0: Yeah, I think kind of makes a difference. You open up with a top twenty-five team like State,
1: did. it does. Then well, you open up
0: against somebody like Ole Miss played.
1: Well, um, you know, and that's it. I, you know, the the schedule is the schedule, and the thing is, too, to Ole Miss's credit, it's not like they just barely won either. You know They played a team that wasn't very good, and they absolutely yep. just throttled them three yep. games in a row. Now, Ole Miss played good. Um, let's, they beat Charleston Southern in three. Nine to three, 11 to one, and then 12 to two. Charleston Southern was an 18-win baseball team last year. So they're not very good. When you play them, it shouldn't be close, and it wasn't. Alabama, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, and LSU all went 3-0. and Alabama swept Xavier. Ole Miss swept Charleston Southern a swept. Stand by, stand by. Pulling it up. Fordham, they swept mm-hmm. Fordham. LSU swept. Um, stand by. Who was this? Stand by. Maine, they Maine. swept Maine. Yeah, All the right. State's opened with Maine before. Uh, Arkansas took two out of three from Illinois State. That was a pretty competitive series there. Yeah. Illinois State won the first one. Mention Auburn, and then State goes one and two. Against Long Beach State Long Beach State was good they had a good baseball yeah,
0: Long Beach team. State has a really good team
1: yeah all right you look at the Eastern division teams um the only teams in the east that didn't win their series this weekend Vanderbilt and Florida, the two best teams in the eastern <laughs> division. Vandy played a top 10 Oklahoma State and lost two. Florida played Liberty. At home in Gainesville, Liberty won two down there. So both those went one and two this weekend. Uh, Georgia, Kentucky, and Tennessee all went 3-0 and and swept. Georgia swept Albany. Kentucky swept Jacksonville State over there in Alabama. And then Tennessee swept, who was it? Georgia Southern. Tennessee swept Georgia Southern. Missouri took, uh, they played four games, Missouri did, and won three of them. Against I think it was Nichols, Is who they played. I think it was at Nichols actually. South Carolina played UNC Greensboro and took two out of three and that was a really competitive series. They were the rubber match uh, Greensboro was ahead about to win a thing and late in the game South Carolina hit a grand slam to tie it up and then later won the ball game. So just to look at what you know happened this weekend teams SEC teams that swept were Alabama over Xavier. Ole Miss over Charleston Southern. Um, LSU uh, in their series. Uh, Texas AM over Fordham. You had Georgia and Kentucky and Tennessee swept. And then you had Arkansas and Auburn go two and one. You had South Carolina go two and one. And then you had Mississippi State, Vandy, and Florida. The highest ranked teams all go one and two. That's baseball. More Bully on line one of the Divinity Phone. Thanks for calling back, More Bully. What's up?
0: Hey, man, just real quick, two things. Um, My son, Tanner Allen was in my son's uh, division in high school in Mm -hmm. baseball. I don't think we ever got the guy out in three years. Is that right? You're talking uh, about down there in South Alabama? I mean, not Tanner Allen. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, Tanner Leggett, sorry.
1: Oh, yeah, Tanner Leggett. -Leggett. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, and his dad was like that too. Growing up, I grew up with his dad, but uh, so he was. I, if, he, if we got him out, it was a pop fly. He sure didn't mean to hit, <laughs> he sure and he, he can fly too, by the way. Mm-hmm. But I'm going back to a conversation you said about. Uh, do you know who I am? Yeah. Uh, and I, I saw. I was watching a TikTok the other day, and a cop pulled this little kid over, like sixteen, seventeen. And he says, "Do you know who I am?" To the cop. And Kyle
1: said, Why, your mama didn't tell you. <laughs> 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 yeah, he diffused that real to <laughs> You too. Right, you, right. uh, you mean they didn't tell you who you were? You didn't tell you who you were. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right. So one show in the books for this week. Since we were off yesterday. Good show today. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate the phone calls and the texts and everything. Uh, hopefully tomorrow I'll be back to normal streaming online as well. The video, we'll see if we can get that up and going, make a little progress on this health, on the health side of things. And just continue. We'll look ahead. We'll have an Ole Miss baseball game tomorrow at 1, and uh, we'll look ahead to the weekend. I don't even know who anybody plays this weekend. i got to do some homework. All right, for Bill, I'm Matt. See you all tomorrow. See you.